Welcome to the AJ Brown Show, where we talk about all things investing, options trading, and the like. Now here's your host, AJ, whose primary mission in life is to help you become a better investor. Back everybody to the AJ Brown Show. My name is Cyprian Francis, and with me as always is the main man himself, AJ. How are you doing today? Hey, Cyprian, I'm doing well. Wonderful. Uh, it's a, it's. I'm feeling good today. It's, it's a beautiful day here, here in uh, sunny California. How, how are things looking on your end? It's been warm, unseasonably warm here on the East Coast, but today it's a little bit overcast. You can probably tell with my lighting. Yeah. And uh, how's uh, the second week of being a father treating you? I got to tell you, somebody gave us a, a couple of people gave us some suggestions about getting sleep consultations and so we went ahead and did that we were doing everything wrong and now in just two weeks it's like the little one's already sleeping through the night so that's kind of amazing yeah i think you're lucky in that sense from at least the stories that i've heard yeah uh um all right so today is uh november 12th it's another lovely friday and the chatter around town is inflation 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 uh, there were some numbers that came out this week that were significantly higher. Um, and I'm not sure if that was the PPI, the CPI, a combination of all of that. Uh, but that that's where we're at with things. What, what's your take on everything, AJ? Across the board. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. All my years that I've been doing this, you guys know I started really getting into investing and options trading in 1997. All my years of doing this... I don't know why things happen, and I never try to guess why things are happening. What I try to do is then turn that into a profitable situation. So yeah, across the board, all the numbers, the producer's price index, the consumer price index, the um, consumer price index that is kind of filtered, they're all high, meaning that there's a lot of money out there. And we'll probably see the Federal Reserve, you know, start to sop up a lot of that extra liquidity that they created, right? Because the Federal Reserve goes out there with no money, uh, just creates money by buying securities, right? They're allowed to do that. So they can buy mortgage-backed securities and they can buy junk bonds and other kinds of bonds like that. And it basically, you know, if it puts it on their balance sheet. So they have a balance sheet that pretty much rivals the balance sheet that has been uh, that that we get from foreign debtors, right? So uh, people like China and Japan. Japan had Japan and China now have about equal amounts of our debt, but of course, with them, they've actually invested dollars to subsidize our debt here in the states. With the Federal Reserve, they just create dollars and then they put it kind of as a, a loan, if you will. And then they're going to, at some point, start to sop it up. You know, they started to do that back in 2009. They injected a, a, a lot of money uh, at that time to get us out of the Great Recession. Um, and they just had started to sop it up. They were beginning to sell those bonds back around 2015, 2016. Um, and they didn't actually sell them all back. And this is what quantitative easing is all about. And uh, then comes actually even before COVID started, they started doing a little bit of buying again um, uh, and creating money. And then when COVID hit, 
they bought way more than they ever bought in the recession. And it'll probably take it if they can ever sell it off, it'll probably take at least a couple decades. So I guess it's inevitable that we're going to have to raise interest rates. And so my question to you is, if you know that's going to be the case, what kind of positions and or setups and or strategies can you implement with that in mind? That's a good question. Well, let's take a look at the S&P 500 here. So I've I've got the S&P 500. This is a chart that we brought up last week. And um, here's the scoop. The market is smart and the market is very good at knowing ahead of time uh, what's going on. And unless they are surprised, things just kind of float off their back. So again, last week we talked a lot about you know, the talking heads can move things on like an active trader, like on a day-to-day basis. But in the long or medium durations, you know, the market's already digested that information. So if you take a look here, we've got this channel that the S&P 500 has been in. And if we go back two years, you can see that this channel actually started right after the kind of upset around all the scares around COVID, which is one of those, what I call external stochastic shocks, external meaning it came from the outside, stochastic meaning it's exponential and a shock, a surprise. In fact, I almost like to add another word to that, a transient external stochastic shock, meaning it comes and it goes pretty quickly. After that whole COVID scare came and shocked the market, the market went into this uh, pattern, this uptrend that I'm showing here. It's coming up on 20 months in length, which is a, a record for an uptrend. The more, the longer you've got that kind of trend, the longer it's going to stick. Even if you have these moments where things pop out for a second, they pop right back in. So you can see here, this is the market, these two days here, digesting the inflation numbers. And then it's back to normal. And that's what I want to kind of extend. The scoop is, is I'm going to use trading strategies that are a little bit more uh, forgiving than rather day trader strategies, right? I've seen day traders burn out in just a couple of, you know, years of being day traders because it's just intense and it gives people heart attacks. I like being more of a portfolio manager, an investor in the medium and long duration. And so I'm just going to make sure that these type of things that the talking heads do affect us just little. But when we get to these levels of support and resistance on this ascending channel, if those hold out, it's business as usual for me. And that's kind of the beautiful part about the way we invest is that we don't get surprised very often. So basically what you're saying is if it's not inflation this week, it'll be some news event next week and the week after that's going to basically be pushing the market up and down and up and down. And as long as you're sticking to these trends, these medians and, and whatnot, um, is there some sort of a, uh, a a thought process to using the average that you that you have? Because I know there's a variety. There's like the 20, there's the 50, there's the 100. What are you looking at? I'm looking at a best fit trend line. And I'm let, let's let me just go on a, a tangent, Sip. Let me let me. So the the ticker of the week is. 1-800-Flowers.com, right? And so this guy is more in a sideways channel, but this works also for ascending and descending channel. I got a good question 
in the community last night. The community folks say, what really creates these levels of support and resistance? And that's something that we should know, right? Let me go over that really quick. When you've got a level of support or a level of resistance where prices tend to stop and reverse on each one's, it has to do with something called accumulation and distribution, right? So like, for instance, resistance. When resistance has been tested more than a couple times, like on this particular stock, when $34 has been tested, that general range, people start to jump on and say, I don't think 1-800-Flowers.com is going to get above $34. And so they kind of go in and they call their broker or more than likely nowadays, they'll um, put in orders through their electronic trading service and they'll say, whenever we get to $34, you know, my mom and dad taught me to buy low and sell high. If this is never going to get above $34, because every time I look in history, $34 is the high point. Let me just do some selling at $34 because that's as high as I'm going to get. And so all those sell orders that pile up at $34, their limit orders, they're ready to go, create a self-fulfilling prophecy. So as price approaches $34, all this automatic selling starts to take place. And we know that when they're selling, prices go back down. Same thing happens down here at $29. When people see that the stock or this index or the ETF never gets below a certain value, they start to pile on, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out. They don't want to miss out on an opportunity. They're like, this thing never gets lower than $29. So the next time it passes $29, I'm going to go ahead and buy. In fact, I'm going to put a limit buy order in now and it creates a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? As soon as all that buying takes place, it sort of creates prices moving higher. Now, here's an interesting kind of thing as well. A lot of investors know about breakouts, and that's when a symbol goes outside of the channel and then starts to shoot up. So check this out. Folks not only put their sell orders up at $34 and their buy orders up at $29, but they'll also say if it gets up to like $35 or $36, it must be breaking out. So let's buy, right? So they put buy orders in at $35 or $36, and they'll put, you know, sell orders down at $28 or $27 to catch those breakouts. Well, they actually wind up creating the breakouts, don't they? It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If price does move up to $35, all that crazy amount of buying happens and it shoots price up really high. In fact, I hate to you know bust people's bubbles, but if you are a mutual fund or a pension fund or a hedge fund where you actually have enough money in your purse that you can move the market. Most of us individual investors can't move the market. But if you can, what you can actually do is you can look at how much sell orders are at $34. And with that big amount of money in your purse, you can actually counteract that. And this happens all the time, right? A lot of time, these big money investors will see that there's some selling happening up at resistance, but they know that there's buy orders waiting just a few dollars higher. And so they'll actually, just like in that movie Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd from the 80s, they'll actually start buying when the selling happens, the you know the, the, the predetermined selling at resistance. They'll do so much buying that they'll 
outweigh that selling and then they'll do just enough extra buying to push it up into that range well where all those buy orders kick in they shoot the price higher and once it gets to a point where those folks were happy they'll take their money back out kind of laughing all the way to the bank and that happens all the time Sip. and so with options right yeah. you, you're placing these orders above and below and in theory, if you're using calls and puts, are you also you're lowering your like leverage, your the capital that you need to put into those positions versus Absolutely. out versus outrights? Absolutely. That's that's the whole leverage of the system. And a lot of times what we like to do here at Trading Trainers, we leg in. So as things, you know, even just a couple of dollars of difference changes those leveraged put and call options drastically in price. And so we can get a much better price just by playing inside this channel. But taking advantage of riding on the coattails of this big money investor. See, that comes back to my original point. My original point is, why ask why? I don't need to know why the market is doing one thing or other. I have to, in my role, in order to make money and also keep my risk low, I simply have to know what the tells are, right? I simply have to be able to ride on the coattails of these market movers, and I can make money following on them. I don't want to follow my own playbook because I can't move the market. I'm a bit player, right? But if I follow and I can tell what these big market movers are doing, then, hey, the, the sky's the limit. I can ride on their coattails and they may be making billions, but I'm making millions. And for a little guy like me, a million dollars is pretty nice. That's right. That's right. So let's go over this uh, 1-800-Flowers trade real quick, yeah. right? So so let's let's paint the example of I've got a fresh balance, right? I don't have any positions on. How are we going to get into this position um, that it sounds like you and the crew identified last night in your mastermind call? Yeah. Yeah. So the scoop is, is that, you know, if we had a, if we, you know, we actually identified this a couple weeks ago. And so doesn't depend, it doesn't matter whether you get in at the top or the bottom. But what we would want to do, for instance, if we were up here at the top, we're, we're forming a top is, We'll want to, you know, establish our position and we can do that either by shorting some of this stock or we could buy some put options. We call those back month options and that kind of establishes the position. And then we're just going to, like I said earlier, we're going to leg into the position. We're going to wait till we get to the opposite side of the channel and that's when we're going to create our trading zone. That's when we're going to sell some premium that when whenever we sell premium, it creates an instant dividend. It also creates a profit buffer. It reduces our risk, right? And finally, it gives us a discount on whatever initial trade we're doing. In other words, it already builds in profit. So we sell some premium and we also hedge ourselves. We protect ourselves just in case the symbol goes against us. And that trade will last until the next expiration. We're always talking about the third Friday of the month. Third Friday of the month is payday. So... So basically you're saying that we're not I, I shouldn't put a position on. I should just I should just watch and see if it falls back into that that bottom support. Yeah, it's already finding right here, it's already finding some distribution. In other words, it's already finding this level of resistance. And here's a little hot tip for those folks out there. If you analyze probabilities, 
you know that if anything's channeling, and we're looking at a sideways channeling, but this also works if I switch back really quick to the to the SPX. Uh, this also works for ascending channels. If we look at kind of the you know an instantaneous look at the the Fibonacci lines or something like that or the retracements. But let's go back. I'm going to go back and forth between these because I like to draw uh, examples. If it goes a little bit past resistance or a little bit past support, there's still a high probability it'll bounce back into the channel, right? In fact, what statistics tell us is that it can go as far as two Fibonacci lines outside of the channel and still bounce back. It's that two Fibonacci line threshold. If you get past that, then the probability that it's going to return back into the channel is quite, you know, it, it declines exponentially. So we don't mind if some of these symbols pop out one or two Fibonacci's. And I think people should take that as a note because a lot of people are like, oh gosh, it's passive resistance. It's, it's done for. It's going to break out. That's not actually true. There's a little bit of a padding. And why is it two of these magical Fibonacci numbers? Do I think the Fibonacci numbers are magic? Absolutely not. Uh, what I think is, is enough people use this kind of, um, if you will, ruler that it creates, again, a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's not that there's magic in any of these numbers. I would use, you know, 20% and 40% if it made sense, but it just so happens that these numbers work. And again, it's not my, my it's not my place to ask why. Yeah, it's that's just, actually, yeah, I, I, so, and you're right. So many people look at the same math, right? The same equation that they're looking at those levels too. But for a lot of people who don't really understand Fibonacci lines, can you draw that real quick, right? Because it's basically coming from that bottom left point to the top right point. And yeah. from that, it's creating those secondary tertiary levels, right? Yeah. Everybody's charting package. Fibonacci lines are so prolific that everybody's charting package has Fibonacci lines, right? So if I pick this drawing tool and you draw your Fibonacci lines will come and here's that bright, you'll notice that I've got my Fibonacci lines and they're a little bit different. So I went in and you can do this again with any charting package, but I like to understand what the center zone is around the 50% retracement line. So I changed the colors and changed the line widths on the two Fibonacci lines on either side of the center zone. I also like to know what my support and resistance lines are. So you can see I changed those colors. And then I just repeated the pattern on both sides because I know that little secret that I just gave out earlier, which is if you look at the statistics and the probabilities, the probabilities are that if you go past the second Fibonacci line, either from support or resistance, that's where the breakout or the change in stock personality happens. So I like to add those. And every charting package I've encountered, whether it's this Thinkorswim or Metastock or TradingView or Thinkers, um, TradeStation, all those different charting packages have the ability to kind of tune your Fibonacci lines. And then it's just a drawing tool. Right. You just identify where you've got the most tests of support, where you've got the most tests of resistance. And then you just draw point A to point B 
and your Fibonacci lines appear just the way you want them. And then you can use that as a ruler. Yeah, I've always kind of uh, simplified it in terms of like a rubber band, right? Like if you stretch a rubber band, like it starts to get real tense and it's got to like bounce back. Um, and that's how I've always been able to, you know, understand the importance of it. And if you stretch that rubber band, I love that analogy. If you stress that, stretch that rubber band past the second Fibonacci, that's where it hits its breaking point. Yes, exactly. That's right. Okay, so so all the, from what we just discussed, then we would be looking for a short position in in one eight hundred flowers because it is in that second Fibonacci level. Uh, and the probability of it bouncing back is a little bit higher. And so what? how are we going to be legging that in theory? So you could do what you said. You could short flowers so that you take advantage of that little move when it goes back down. Or the other thing we can do is instead of shorting flowers, we could we could buy some puts. We could buy some deep in the money back month, far out in time puts that, you know, they make money when the market goes down. And that's so, the credit. Those are the credits, right? That's exactly right. So we can go ahead and buy those puts or we can short. They 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 work pretty much the same way. There's a slight difference, but it's not significant when we're talking about selling premium. That's our initial trade, right? Then we wait patiently and the legging in happens when we find the next reversal and we start to go back up. So when we find the next reversal, that's when we're going to sell our premium. And we're going to buy our protection might take, you know, last time it took about two weeks. So we do our initial position two weeks later, we do our covered put position or it creates the other side of the, the uh, bear put diagonal debit spread. And we're set. We now just wait. We wait till the end of the month till the third Friday of the month and we get our paycheck. And then we just rinse and repeat like you would do with shampoo in your hair. And so that's going to be next week, right? Next week is going to be the third of the month. And so a lot of the positions that you and everyone have been looking at yeah. the, the beginning at of the month. Yeah. Oh, it broke. Well, you know, we're going into the holidays, right? Yeah, it, it broke. But the scoop is, is that we, that's locking in for us our profit. So yes, on November 19th, next week, Mattel will probably get exercised out for us, which is fine, right? Because that's at max profit of our trade. In other words, we're going to get a massive payday and our position is going to get bounced back into full cash and we'll have some cash to go invest elsewhere. Uh, and so how many of these are you roughly having on your radar this, this week? Um, for positions that are going to be profiting? Well, just like how many of the like, because it seems like your strategy can be applied to any stock at any given time. Right. And so so how many are we, you know, are you putting on the screener? And ha I mean, obviously it depends on how much money is in the bank account. But for an average trader, retail trader, um, what is manageable, do you think? So we like to look at anywhere between five and 15 positions. And at any one time, one of those positions might be doing something that we'll take activity on, right? Um, so every evening, we simply type in 5 to 15 different tickers, ones we, we call them our actionable tickers or our hot list. 
and we just look to see, are they forming a top or a bottom? And if they are, we take action. If they're not, we close our computer and we wait till the next evening, right? It's very efficient. Yeah, and so if anybody's new watching um, and you haven't checked out AJ's workshop, he does a workshop um, that you can attend. Uh, I think it runs every hour at the top of every hour, something like that. Um, we've just put the link in the comment section. So if you haven't checked that out, go ahead and check that out. Um, at the end of that, I'm pretty sure you also have a chance to get into AJ's weekly mastermind sessions. Um, and I know that he makes himself available. So AJ, how's that, how's all that, that, that looking these days? Um, I think last time we talked, you said it was like a hundred, a hundred weekly members coming in, something like that. Yeah. Uh, we actually have 400 active members, and every week we pick up quite a few more. Um, it, it's a nice, it's a nice crew, and we we give you all sorts of like tools that we use. So if you go to that workshop, the scoop is is I'm going to show you nuts to bolts how this works, and you could go off and take it, you know, take it on your own. But if you want to do it with us, right? On Thursday evenings, we get together the whole crew by, you know, right in the comfort of your own home. And we actually do an interactive workshop. It's not a lecture. It's not something you tune in and watch. And no, you actually have your worksheet up and together we fill in all the blanks and we create ourselves a trade plan that we can all act, you know, take action on the uh, up, upcoming, you know, days, right? So we get ourselves a full-on trade plan. And in addition, if you want to tweak your trade plan different than what the group does, what I ask people to do is send it my way so I can you know, shoot holes in it or tell you that it's pretty fly. It's, it's going to be something that's going to be making you some dollars. Yeah, so if anybody has a question about a stock that they're looking at, about a position that they're putting on, feel free to leave it in the comments. Jump in the workshop, ask the question in there. Um, and, uh, we look at American airlines. Sure. That's, that's one of the ones that we've been following along. I like to keep track of all the ones that we've been following on. Check this out. We went right up to that, uh, you know, right in between the first and second Fibonacci, we hit weakness and a whole bunch of my folks. So if you remember, we were talking about it originally when it was down here, this is when people were either buying American airlines stock or people were buying some call options as a substitute. Now people are selling their call premium, you know, collecting that instant dividend, creating that profit buffer, making a discount on the stock that they bought. So if they bought it at $19, they're now going to get a dollar or $2 off by selling the premium. And then you're going to Go ahead and protect yourself to the downside by buying a protective put. That's what we did in the last couple of days. And so this trade is working out just like Mattel, exactly like we expected. And we expect, you know, in order by next Friday to collect a little paycheck on that one. That's right. Payday on the 19th. Options payday. Options payday. So American Airlines working out. Mattel's working out a little bit different. Mattel's going to give us some max profit and cash us out. We're going to take that cash and move on to something else. Maybe we'll keep Mattel on our radar. And if it falls back into the channel, we'll probably reinvest in it again. But we'll get cashed out on Mattel at max profit. On American Airlines, we're going to wind up with the stock again. And we'll have collected a, a, a paycheck. And we're going to do it all over again. 
Yeah, I imagine with the uh, the holiday shopping season coming up, Black Friday, that there's going to be some presentable opportunities. And that's, you know, the benefit of being part of the trading trainer community, um, you know, always trying to get people in good positions and, you know, lower that risk. So if you haven't checked out the workshop, go ahead and hit that link. Uh, we'll look for you in there. Otherwise, AJ, you know, we're heading into the weekend. You got anything you got anything planned other than uh, playing with the with the young one? You know, we've got uh, you guys might know that I like to, even though I'm close to pushing 50 here, um, I like to run off and I've been taking lessons in the flying trapeze. So I'm going to try to get back into that on Sunday evening, do a little bit more flying trapeze, hopefully that the little one can give me two hours of break so I can get back into doing some circus. I want to run away and join the circus, Sip. I've I just met a girl the other week that used to work in the circus, but she's come out of the circus world. So, <laughs> well, you know, I I'm old enough now, and what's different than me than a lot of these circus performers is for me I can uh, afford it. Right, a lot of them are are not able to, you know, pay for their lessons because they got no money. But I took care of that ahead of time, so well, I might look, be late to the game. I might be late to the game, but hey. The A.J. Brown Circus coming at you soon, right? <laughs> yeah, old guys rule. Uh, we'll be sure to uh, try and get a video of that uh, up there somewhere. At least, you know, one of the, one of your signature moves, because I'm sure you got a couple of them up in there in the air. There, it looks like me. It looks like what would happen if you fell down in a broom closet. There's like legs and arms everywhere. I I don't think you'll ever catch me trying one of those maneuvers. I'll sit on on the sidelines and drink a beer and eat some popcorn. <laughs> there you go. That's cool. Um, all right, cool. Uh, if anyone has any questions, feel free to to leave them in in the comments. Uh, we'll be back at at you again next week uh, for another live stream. And as always, if you have stocks questions, um, that's what that's what AJ's here for. Yeah. Take a look at some of these tickers that we've been talking about, folks. Mattel, American Airlines, this new one, 1-800-Flowers.com. These are easy trades where you can be pulling out a nice income. And if you don't know how, sign up and uh, we'll show you. AJ will show yeah. you the ropes. Come to the workshop. Join our program. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll see everyone next week. Thanks for joining. Thanks, Sip. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the AJ Brown Show. If you're interested in learning more about AJ and his investing techniques, head on over to tradingtrainer.com and create your free account today. And if you're not already a subscriber to the show, hit that subscribe button and we'll get you fresh content daily.